He's for you and he's with you. He's completely invested you into you and unto his death. He's that, he has that much time for you. So going back to, I believe it was December of 2017, I had a really fun conversation with a really fun person and not just fun, but full of, dare I say, wisdom um, and, and real. I think the word real came up several times. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I have this fun, real person back with me today, right now, as a matter of fact, you're just about to hear her voice. Her name is Jamie Amarin. And last time she was here, we spoke about her book, Stolen Jesus. We can talk about that again if she wants to, but she's actually written a new book. But the reason that we're talking right now is because of a tweet that she wrote. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the tweet, and then I will introduce her just to kind of keep you hanging. Okay, so this was the tweet that intrigued me to reach out to her. Of the greatest detriment to the heart of a woman is the Christian speak, the depression, anxiety, stress, a foul mood, or season of stink that is a lack of faith. Jesus loves you right where you are, right now. Now, was that a tweet to reach out to, or what? I say yes. So I reached out to Jamie Amarin. Jamie, welcome. Welcome back to the Isle of Misfits. Thank you. I always feel so welcome here. <laughs> well... I love the name. I love everything about it. <laughs> well, I was listening, and thank you. I was listening to a little bit of our conversation from last time, and, and you, oh, I loved how you refer to us as the mothership, and I'm, that just, that right there warmed my heart. So, yes, come, come aboard. We, we welcome you with open arms. Um, so, yeah, Jamie, that tweet, I got to say, that just grabbed me, and it might have been just where I was in the moment, um, but I, I think... Um, not just me, because I know you got a lot of followers. Um, so I want to jump in. All right, let's jump in. Why not? Let's just do it. Tell me, why did you write that tweet? What is the essence of me? Essence what is the me? essence of you? Yes, <laughs> tell us in 30 that, seconds that, or less. The, the essence of me. Um, I um, spent so many years of my life run down um, with the idea that my shortcomings were... Uh, mark against how Jesus felt about me. And it has just become my battle cry. And, and I, I, I talked to a woman just the other day, and she said, I just finished reading this book, and it was saying that I shouldn't be on antidepressants because um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a lack of faith, and it's a slap in the face to God. You cannot slap God in the face. If, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can separate you from that love. Nothing that can separate you from that love. He is not shocked. He is not taken aback. He is not offended when when you have to reach for help. That, that it's, it's utter nonsense. And even when I talked to you last year, I may not have been as strong in my voice about this. <clears throat> but the longer that it's gone on, the, the more women that I've heard from that are exper have experienced deep church hurts in a place where they truly needed medicinal help or counseling or, I mean, anything, I'm sorry, even a cigarette, that that, that, that somehow counted against them in their walk with Jesus Christ. It is um, truly, I, I, I remember that feeling 
and and um i've written about panic um i will say and because i want to be completely candid um i am not like i was before which i think in part is to to due to my hysterectomy which um i could sell those on street corners i think everyone should get one but um (laughs) step right up (laughs) i could be their spokesperson and um and so I know some of it's hormonal, and I know that sometimes it's adrenaline or whatever it is, but he knows us. He knows us. We're his babies. We're his girls, and he knows what year we live in. He knows what country we live in. He knows the struggles that we face, and and I think that um, we have done this thing where we put, and it's, I have so many sayings. I know you probably get tired of some of them, but, you know. Oh, this, never. We put this and label on what it looks to be like to be a good Christian, a good girl, and, you know, the perfect woman. And then when we're alone in our closets and we know the truth about who we are, those voices drown out the voice of a Jesus that is whispering gently in our ear, baby, I got you. I know. It's okay. Let's do this one time, one step at a time. You know, I, I think about the woman at the well. He didn't sit down and go, no, 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 no. He went, Nick, know what you did. And here I am. Mm -hmm. And um, it is so tragic to me um, that this has gone on for so long. And that, that, you know, yes, of course, we're measured, we're too much, we're too little, we're over, we're this. And and that's been said to me my entire life. And I don't don't feel like it did any harm, really, but I remember that um, even early in my childhood, one of my parents or my grandma or somebody going, oh, you're just overreacting. And I say this now, really, what's the measuring stick for that? When did I go over? When am I under? Where is that perfect measurement of my behavior? And the truth of it is only God knows that. He's the only being that knows what it's like to be Jamie, (laughs) besides me. (laughs) And so, you know, if you're going to lay down this measuring stick of what's an overreaction or an underreaction or a need or a cry for help or a place of brokenness, who better to judge that or to sit with you in it than your very creator? And I just am so convicted of this within um, the sisterhood of Christianity where it's, you know, woman, fix yourself, get it together. And um, I've been talking about this a lot. I've you know, washed in the water, dunked and saved, and you come up out of the water, and you're wet, and you're saved. And then it's, okay, now sign up for this, this, and this study so that you can make yourself better. Well, I couldn't make myself better before I got wet. So if I'm going to completely rely on self, I'm not any more saved than I was before that. Yes, in contract and in the spiritual world, yes. But if I'm continuing to focus on self and self shortcomings or what the world sees as shortcomings, I'm still trying to fix myself. And in the place where we allow him to nurture and care for us as a gentle father would, which includes sometimes a prescription that, you know, I, I, I think about that with my own kids or with my dad. If, if one of my kids, um, say Sophie, my 16 year old is sick with a strep throat, Am am I going to chastise her for that or am I going to take her and get her some help? And, 
And and he he gave us these relationships. I heartily believe he gave us the relationship of parent and child or even being parented and child, even if it's not done well, so that at least we would recognize what that relationship looks like. However, I fully believe that we attach him to humanity. And so if we were badly parented, he must be a bad parent. If we were perfectly parented and then we're a bad parent or we have a bad day or we need Xanax, then we've somehow failed him. Right. And so I, I write, I don't write about it a whole lot, but goodness gracious, I could. Right. Um, Right. Well, you talked, yeah. And you talked a lot about that in your stolen Jesus book, how we attach him to our humanity. And that's why we have this Jesus and that Jesus and that Jesus, because we, we see him through the, the lens, hear him through the filter of our experience and our baggage. Right. Which is a gift and a curse. Yeah. I, I, I know he, he knew what he was doing. So right. he created, you know, earthly relationships for this reason. But it's stepping outside of that. And I, I, I think the, the biggest barrier to that is the humanity of it. You know, dunked and saved, go fix yourself. Right. You know, and it's together now, well, you're, you're with him. You've got to get it together now. And yes, there's the symbolism of it. But we're negating, completely ignoring the spiritual aspect of it where he is our father and he loves us. Mm. <laughs> he loves us so much. He died mm-hmm. for us. And, but we're so me, 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 I, 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 this is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with me. And then we're going to, you know, human mentors that are, and going, how do I fix it? How do I fix it? How do I fix it? And yeah. in my experience, nine times out of 10, it was, well, you got to stop it. Pull it together, girl. Yes, there's a great old Bob Newhart skit about that. Just stop yes. it. Stop it. <laughs> yes. Just look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen yeah. it. But it's yeah, so you know, and um, okay, so yes, the humanity, like you said, that's a double-edged sword because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a wonderful aspect. Hey, Jesus became one of us. He sympathized with us. You know, he, he became obedient through the things he suffered. He can empathize with us, all of that good Hebrew stuff. Um, but then, you know, the other side of that sword is, like you, you just said a moment ago, you know, we, even if it's not done well, you said, you said, you know, relationships mm-hmm. that he gives us these relationships. And even if they're not done well, because of the humanity of us, um, there, there's, there's a tension there, right? Because mm-hmm. we only know our humanity. That's all we know. Um, and yet, like you said, the spiritual aspect, it's, we're not all spirit, you know. We're not Gnostics. Um, we're we we are human beings that are made in His image. With those of us who call in the name of Jesus, have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, which is a whole other topic. I think Christians don't really get. Like, you know, we're trying to grasp that. Like, what does that really mean? In Him, we live and move and have our being. Um, but even so. I could get lost deep, deep down this rabbit trail, but, you know, relationships are built on language, right? Um, You know, we, and we, I think as Christians, sometimes the language that we speak, it can be very helpful. It can be hopeful. Hopefully it's full of life. Um, But sometimes we, we get bogged down with our own language. Yes. You know, so, um, so I'm going to do something that, um, I'm going to try a little experiment here. Um, I've never done this before. Um, usually, when I play my stupid games, it's at the beginning, before we've gotten this deep into it. Um, so I don't know. This could just be a train wreck. But um, So, yeah, so last time you were here, we actually did not play the stupid game. So I have to rectify this situation. Um, so um, if nothing else, I'm glad to have you back so we can make this right. Um, if you are willing to play a stupid game with me. 
She is. Okay. You heard it. It's been, (laughs) she's all in. It's documented. Okay. So this stupid game, there's, there's kind of a tie in here. That's why I'm bringing it up now. Um, so the stupid game is, it's all about, uh, Christianese, which if you're not a Christian, that just means words that Christians use. So, um, I'm going to, we're going to do lightning rounds. So I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of little Christianese phrases. Um, and your job, if you choose to accept it is to either define it or use it in the sentence. Just right off the top of your head. Okay, so you ready? Yes, I am. I'm, although I'm going to warn you in advance, some of them might make me twitch. <laughs> and I, and we might not be in rapid fire because I might be in rant fire. That's right. We, you know, I'm, I'm fully aware. All right. I'm, you know, and we have we have an edit, edit button. Should anything, you know, okay. you know <laughs> should, should anything uh, FCC uh, unapproved come out? All right. Okay. Here we go. Hedge of protection. Oh gosh, I need more than that. <laughs> Come on. Surely you've heard this. Let's get battle ready, people. I can plow through that in seconds. Well, you you just about use it. Yes. Battle ready. Hedge of protection. You got to pray it in, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So this one is more contemporary, and it's, I'm saying it's Christian because I hear all kinds of Christians using this one. Rhythm. I haven't heard that one. Really? Okay. I'm hearing it all the time. Like rhythm, like what? Like as in the rhythms of our life, we need to, we need to clue, you know, we need to tune into the rhythms of our neighbors and of your life. So it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just where I live, but they're using it. I'm going to have that stupid song and stuck in my head from the eighties. Rhythm is a dancer. (laughs) I have not heard that one. You're welcome. Okay. Now, see, now you're going to start hearing it, and then you'll know. You'll think of me. Okay. Um, here's another one. This is along the same lines. Intentional. Oh. Okay. Nothing in my life is intentional. So I. I, I or and my other thing with that is that that he's doing stuff to us, which I can. I mean, I know we're going to get into that, but that he's yeah. But also that it's that's me focused. That's me focused. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being intentional, that's me focused, and I need to be focusing on him. Ah, boy. I like the way you think. No, this is good. This is this is your game. Do with it what you will. Okay. okay. All right, here's one. Bragamony. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> You're literally on the island of Misfits. What is that? I am. I looked it up. It is a thing, and I've kind of heard it, I, and I know you're going to know what it is. So, um... It's a lot of times, you know, like hashtag blessed, uh, you, Facebook or Twitter, like, oh, you know, my daughter just got accepted into her top school. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I threw up a little in my throat. Yeah. Okay. There you go. It, it, it so minimizes his power, but it also just makes us, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So you can't, wait, wait, or you can, and you can do whatever you want, but, but we're, we, so somebody that just buried their kid or their kid just got arrested where they hashtag destroyed. Mm, mm. No, I'm here. <laughs> I'm pondering. I'm, no, I, yeah, and I don't mean to, that's very inappropriate to laugh right after you said destroyed, but um, no, you're, you're right. You, you, you make a good point. Yeah. And yet we do it, don't we? We may not even use that word, but it's, it's, it's something that that we do because we want to put that image out there. All right, um, all right. I'm gonna come in for Lenny. I, I have a few more. Just um, all right, we'll see. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we'll just keep we'll just keep doing this. Okay. Um, this is all right. Uh, this is one I thought I actually made up years ago, but I see it's on the web now, and I never I never trademarked it. Um, charismaniac. Charismaniac. Yeah. 
I love that. Oh my goodness. Was that yours? I, I like to think so. I'm going to take credit for it. I can't prove I'm, it. You know, I'm ordaining yeah. you with that. It is yours. Thanks. Thanks so much. That's good because, it, but see, here's my thing when I hear you say that. That's what, because, okay, so, and I'm raising, um, or I'm done raising, I've got, I'm never done. The millennials in my home, um, that's the kind of stuff they're making fun of. That's the kind of stuff that they take offense to. When we're like that and we completely, that's all that we can say, we're not even thinking for ourselves anymore. That's what I think of when I hear that. Mm-hmm. We're not even thinking about who we're speaking to, who needs us, who needs to be loved on. That's what I think of when I hear you say that. Okay. All right. And it, it's a thing. It, it a is thing. a thing. And I, I will just be very honest say, you know, it's so easy for me to... Um, say, well, you know, it's them. Um, it's much harder for me to say, oh, crap, that was me, too. Yeah, um, no, you know, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got I to gotta be fair here. I got I to gotta give equal time. But, um, yeah, all right. So um, speaking of time, okay, redeem the time. Surely you've heard this. Redeem the time. Again, me focus, me focus. How am I going to make this so that it looks better than it really is? I mean, you've got some new ones. You need to message me after this. Cause okay. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm literally in my closet, which is basically an ode to how how I've gotten away from the charismania. <laughs> oh, see, but that's that's a good place to be. Yes, the prayer closet. Oh I think, yeah, I, I think that would do a yeah, lot of us a lot of good. To, yeah, woman, fix yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be. Yes. Now, the flip that one, I think there's a. Uh, there is a perspective on that, that God redeems the time, which that's a good thing, right? He can redeem. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, So it's all about perspective. Um, All right. um, All right. Here, you have to know this one. If you've been in church for like any length of time or I don't know, I haven't heard it lately, but growing up, uh, put out a fleece. (laughs) We call that at our house. My husband calls it throwing livestock. Throwing livestock. Yeah. I like it. I used to go, oh, maybe we should, oh, my gosh, maybe we should just throw a sheet or cast a fleece and we go. Oh, yes. Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. I don't know what this has to do with talking livestock. Right, right. And someone outside of the church, no idea. No idea. Yeah. No idea. But, yes, and it is from the Old Testament. Right. It was a test to know what they were supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, Gideon, I believe. I really. He threw out the livestock. Yeah. And this goes to church hurt is how many times I did that and then what there was no clear answer and then i felt neglected and alone and i was never neglected and alone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right right yeah oh we could have like a whole conversation just about that and the the whole meaning of um, put out a fleece because hey it it worked in that situation it was a specific situation but i think sometimes you say oh well he did it so that must apply to me too and if it doesn't work the same way then god doesn't love me so exactly, exactly. yeah which, yeah it goes to church hurt but i i would right. say that um I did that. It's been years ago since I, I was, we were real creative maniacs, and I was doing that over something, and and I, plain as day, happened, and then I thought, oh, well, I probably did that, so I did the opposite, and that plain as day, as day happened, and then I did it mm-hmm. again, and nothing happened, uh. and so I went to the closet and was crying, you don't love me, and I don't trust you, and we have nothing, and um, I was, almost fell asleep, and, and, and this is me, so not putting anything on anybody else I just um, heard just trust me and mm-hmm. I think that that 
is paramount in, you know, trying to make him behave a certain way or respond a certain way instead of truly walking out and I got no control over this, none whatsoever. And he moves how he moves and he saves how he saves and he's just good. Yeah. And okay, so probably for those who are not tracking with with well, what you said we should probably explain what throwing out a fleece means. So it's from uh, it's the book of Judges, this guy named Gideon. God called him to save uh, the people of Israel, um, but he's he's afraid. So he's like, okay, I'm not sure this is really you. I'm not sure you really want me to do this. So he throws out uh, he, a sheepskin. And he says, oh, if you make it wet, then I'll know you answer me. And if you dry it up, then I'll... So it's like it was like this test he gave God. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So just because I know there's probably... People that are like, what? What are you even talking about? Why are they throwing sheep? Yeah, yeah. why? Why? Why would you do that in this age of yes, of animal, of animal yeah, awareness? Just a of vegetarian. Exactly. So, yeah. Yes. So and no offense comes from the Lord, but you're in luck because we're not Him. <laughs> Amen. Okay, one more, one more, and then we're just moving on. Uh, popcorn prayer. Popcorn. Come on, you've heard that. You had to. I, Youth group. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. <clears throat> I have heard that. Okay. Popcorn but uh, no, see what I was thinking of was have you the same thing where the, the popcorn scriptures and because I'm dyslexic and I have bad memory recall <laughs> and they go around the room and start barking scriptures and then they try and find them in their Bible. Oh and yeah. Like, and you get a candy bar thrown at you yeah. if you get, yes, like, yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll send you a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, any of that so, still, I, I just go back to this. This performance-based, you know, quick fire, do it, do it, do it, you know, do your Jesus thing, do it fast. It must be from the Holy Spirit if it's coming on you that quickly. That's right. what I, yeah. Right. For me, it, the whole popcorn prayer thing, this is just my take on it. I could be wrong and I could be jaded, but it was, a, okay, we want you to share your prayer request, but in 30 characters or less. So keep it quick. Don't, yeah. So, because we got, we got to get through. Yeah. So we care, yeah. but we don't want your life story. So, a popcorn prayer. And there's a comedian right now that I that I just watched her. She's hilarious, and she has a show called Bothering Jesus. And I remember that feeling of like even in one youth group where I said something. Oh well, we were moving again, and I was feeling lonely. And the youth pastor was like, "Yeah, you know, but that that's the least of his concerns. And there's people starving, so you need to get over yourself." And I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm bothering Jesus. He doesn't have time for me." We need to make this quick and fit it into the hour, and it needs to be real and applicable and important. <clears throat> right, but, get in and out, respect his time, because yeah, there's a long line of people waiting in back of me, and yeah, yep, and yep. He, um, and so I think that that's of, of of anything that I ever get to say. I I I like to tell people, he's for you and he's with you. He's completely invested you into you and unto his death. He's that, he has that much time for you. And so I, yeah, I, I have heard that and yeah. Well, my friend, you, um, you've done a fine job with our stupid <laughs> game, uh, especially since it was introduced at an unconventional time in the conversation. Um, but, you know, I think I, all kidding aside and some of the, you know, there were, oh, there was a long, long list, um, things we didn't get to. Um, but I, I bring it up because, you know, we do, as Christians, often speak a different language and we don't even realize it. Like even among ourselves, you know, um, I joke, you know, our, my daughter is uh, was born in China and we, we joke with some of our Chinese friends, like the way the Mandarin language is, 
even in certain sections of China, they don't understand each other because of all the different dialects. And I think it's the same thing, which we kind of just proved, you know, with the Christianese. Sometimes we don't even understand ourselves, let alone people outside of the church. What the heck are they talking about? And then there's the bigger issue. It's like, well, I know what I mean. So if I know what I mean, you should know what I mean. Yeah. Well, and I have one for you that um, I just did a podcast about and and, and just wrote some stuff about it too. And um, I've already had the um, butt kicking. I've gotten three emails from people that are disgusted with me and think I'm wrong. But I, I, I think it's an important one, and that is, well, I'm praying for God's will, which of course we say in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done, which is basically a you know a posture of submitting to the fact that He is God and He is God. But um, I have been in two situations that were throat punching worthy, where and one in particular where a woman's husband had just come to her and he'd been having an affair, and we were there was a bunch of us together and she was and one of the women said. How can we pray for you? And she said, I want to restore my marriage. I want, I want my family to stay together. We need um, financial resources to pay for counseling. And we need this and this and this and this. And she said, that, that's my prayer request. And then a couple other people said something. And this one woman said, well, I'm not going to pray for the specifics. But I'll pray that God's will be done. Mm. And it was so hurtful. But it was also, in my mind, which is slightly twisted, I wanted to go, wait a minute, you can get God to go against his own will, because I have some things I need him to do that he's not willing to do. And if you have that direct hotline where your prayers are so much more important than everyone else's, that he will go against his own will, because you ask, we got to talk. You and I need to be friends. And, and but it, it's it's so many things. It's so many, like the more, and I sat, um, actually this morning, um, cause I read one of the emails and this lady was like, that's sacrilege. You shouldn't have said that. That's what God tells us to pray. And he does, but we're talking about basic human compassion for somebody that was hurting where that platitude was nothing more than, well, and I'll, I'll say it and you can delete it. But in some ways it's cowardice. Well, I'm not going to ask him for anything that he might say no to. Mm. Because my faith will look weak, mm. without the problem is, or, um, and and what would God's will be in a woman that just said she wanted to save her marriage and she needed extra money for counseling? Well, I'm not going to ask him to go against what he already planned. So he planned the affair. I mean, there's so many right. things that we can say that are so stinking loaded, and and so I think that that's where these things <clears throat> are most detrimental is when we stop being human so that we can look a certain way or so that we appear uber spiritual or would you say a maniac um <laughs> you know we're talking about people we're talking about real hurting people and what did jesus do in those situations with real hurting people he sat down and he visited and yes when he was in the garden he said you know thy will be done i he knew what was going to happen and and, and it was his God, but he flat out also asked, he flat out said, uh, could you not let this happen? Nevertheless, that will be done. But when we're talking to people that are in truly hurting, I think that that's when it's most um, just that twist of the knife. And, and I did write a post once not long ago about um, the scripture that I hate, 
which is um, all things work together for good, which I think is, you know, oh, absolutely true. He has shown me that in so many ways. But when you're at a funeral, don't say that. I mean, it's it's the most raw, broken place. And and it's not, I I know there may be somebody out there who goes, oh, okay, yeah, you know, they're burying their kid and they're like, well, this is going to work together for good for those who love them and I love them. You know, it's like an appropriateness and a humanity to brokenness instead of increasing the brokenness. Yes. <laughs> yes. And what, what I hear you talking about, and as I'm listening, you're talking about context. Because as you were, ta- you know, uh, Je- you know, even Jesus in the garden, I was thinking that as you were talking, like, well, hey, wait a minute. Jesus laid out his requests in the garden. He didn't, he didn't say, well, God, whatever you want. He says, no, let this pass for me. He, he told God what he wanted yeah. in the context of trusting. Okay, I trust your will. But this idea that, and I've been guilty of it too. So I'm just going to lay that out, you know, oh, right, right along with my charismania act confessions. But you know, for me, what what can look like holiness or I just want to do the right thing is really can be a lack of faith when I don't even do what scripture tells me to. And, you know, let your requests be made known, right? With Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. And if I don't do that because, you know, I, well, God, your will be done. I'm taking scripture out of context. I'm, I'm saying... I'm saying, no, I'm not going to tell you what I want because I'm going to go a step beyond and show you how, how holy I am. And that's not what the Bible tells us to do. Yes, obviously, God is sovereign. He's going to do what's best. But um, sometimes we, we defer to the letter of the law and we miss the spirit of the law. And I think that's what I hear you talking about. Absolutely. The law is no longer written in stone. It's written on our hearts. Mm -hmm. When it is written on our hearts, we are not performing. We are communicating. We are in a relationship with a God that loves us and knows us. And and I think so much of, of what we're alluding to, and I've been there, so I'm with you. I am willing to confess I have been that crazy person. But what was that for? Well, I may have told you that it was so that I could be the hands and feet of Jesus. But the truth of the matter is I want I wanted to look like I believed. I wanted to look like I was holy. I wanted to look I, 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 I. When we're pointing back to he, we never look pious. We never look nasty. We never, and, and yes, as a human, I can still offend, but no offense comes from him. So if I'm sitting with someone that is utterly broken, and it's not about the wise things that I can say or the scriptures that I can recall, but the love that I can offer that I'm not always capable of. But when I had stepped into that place where, where would he go? What would he do? What would he say? And, you know, in all honesty, sometimes he didn't say anything. And one of my favorite scriptures for people that grieve is simply Jesus wept. Right. Right. And he wept moments before he he raised his friend from the dead. He knew it was going to happen, and he still wept. He still wept. And to be anything like him, how can we put on this performance of being like him? I love the man, the God, or whatever. He's fantastic. But what was that all about? Mm -hmm. Jesus wept. 
he cried, he grieved, he was sad for them. And he knew full well what was about to happen. Right. So what was that? Right. You know, there's so much more to him than just spouting off, go and sin no more. You know, right. he, 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 was, he was more than just this coloring sheet or this story. He, he had so much depth that, that, that it says, you know, we could, we could fill the world with the books of these stories of who he was. And what was that like? to be in the midst of someone that met everyone right where they were and loved them for who they were. Well, I propose that, that because we're so consumed with saying the right thing, doing the right thing, looking the right way, and being a full-on, the best Christian we can be, he is stuffed down somewhere below ego and the things that he would do and the things that he would ask us to do and the places that we might be able to venture are so far off base for us that instead we just say stuff like, you know, popcorn for your time. <laughs> right, right. And, oh, I, I love how you put it because you talked about the depth, you know, the, the depth that Jesus had. You know, and Jamie Amron, I'm here to tell you that I, I believe that we're afraid of that depth because we're okay. afraid of what it might expose. And I'm just, again, ugh. I, it pains me to say it, but I, I got to bring it back to me because it's just way too easy to put it all out there, you know, and, and I might be right about, you know, you and you and you out there in uh, podcast land. But all I know is for me, it's it's even deeper than what, than me wanting to look good. I, I believe that when I revert to those superficial, uh, you know, don't don't get deep. Don't, um, you know, just go to the right answer right away. You know, uh, you know, God, your will be done. It's exposing the ugly truth is that I don't trust God. I don't believe he's good. Yeah. Because, and it sounds like I do because I'm saying, no, your will be done. But if I don't believe the scripture and, you know, he, you know, Jesus said to the blind, what do you want? You know, what do you want? And if we won't even be obedient to tell Jesus what we want, in the context of trusting him that he will do what's good anyway. So if we, if we can't even do that, we don't trust him with our deepest heart's desires. What's that all about? And especially because he knows them, but truly letting him know them, truly letting him, which, which I think, and for, it's, it's easy for you and I to say this. We have people that are actually listening to what we're saying. <laughs> so, you know, if you have a, 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 an audience of any kind, then, you know, there's that response. But what about when you get on in your closet mm-hmm. and and you're sitting there and, and it's not a condemnation, it's not a voice of you loser, you disgusting pig, you da da da. There is often conviction like you need to apologize for that or how about doing this? Have you ever considered? I mean, I think it's a small, still voice because he's a gentleman. And, but I think we miss out on that because we're so loud. And and it's ironic because I'm I'm being loud about what we're talking about. But when I get alone, I am always most convinced that the damage is being done and that when I've been in that place, so I'll speak for me, when I've been in that place, Satan has loved it. Mm. He's loved it when I've been pious and, you know, all of these things. But again, I'm speaking from this place of me seeing something now that I've gotten quiet, which is ironic because I'm writing and I'm speaking, but when I've gotten quiet with him and he's shown me opportunities to love on people that I by no means would have loved on, 
when it was about me and what I looked like and what I was going to say and how I was going to be holy and how I was going to be applauded. He was quiet. You know, you think about, again, the woman at the well. Was anybody around to see that? They had all left, and he sat down. And then I, I think it was is it Beth Moore that said the other day, only Jesus could have this impact on someone. He sits down with someone and goes, I know everything you did. And she goes into town and says, hey, everybody, come meet this guy that knows everything I ever did. You know, he was so magnificent and so deep and so full of love. And I just think if we don't get a little bit more quiet with our opinions and our hate and our disgust and the things that bother us so much, we're missing out on opportunities to just love. Very well put. And there's uh, there's about 10 things in there that I could just respond to. But I, I think I think I want to go with, um, you know, you're talking about getting quiet and letting letting ourselves be known, right? Um, and this woman who met Jesus at the well, that, that was her takeaway. He knows everything I ever did. He knows me. And, you know, that could have gone two different ways. Oh, I feel exposed. Oh, I feel ashamed because he knows. He knows everything I've done. And, you know, that's, that's a, a scary thing to be known that way. And yet her takeaway wasn't shame. It was he knows me. Yeah. And she felt yeah. love from that. Yeah. And isn't that amazing? The depth of that to yeah. me. I'm like, I just got covered in goosebumps. But seriously, that's insane. What other place would we go to, well, she didn't even confess, but if we, if I sat here and told you everything wrong I've ever done, every dirty, nasty thought I've ever had, any of those things, would I then not go, hey, you know what? Let's not post that. Can we edit that right. out? Right. Right. And isn't it ironic how, you know, okay, it's so like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, blah, 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 all, you know, isn't it true? And again, I'm raising my hand as I say this, we spend so much time wanting to be known, wanting our opinions to be known, getting in Twitter wars, get, you know, hey, I have to weigh in on this because you need to know where I stand and I yeah. need to be known. I need my 15 minutes. And then it blows up, of course, you know, and then, you know, uh, you know, inevitably, because, you know, there's, there, in, in many words, there, there, we're about, we're bound to, uh, you know, talk ourselves and in, to just badness um you know but so on one level we so deeply want to be known and yet on another level th this is such a superficial way people can't really know us for a tweet um but we're riding that that wave it's like we want to be known but then we don't want to be known we want to you know we want our anonymity and but deep but all the while we're missing that 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 longing that only an encounter with jesus can can really even begin to address Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's dichotomy at its best, you know, sacred ground, sticky floors. It's the polar opposite of, of what we're doing. And, and I recall, so when I first started blogging, I had, you know, an average of 65 readers. And so when I put up this rant of an open letter to my children, you're not, you're not that great, I assumed it was a safe place to say that because those 65 people would read it. And then, you know, within 48 hours, 650,000 people had read it. And I was on the floor in a puddle of vomiting and crying and all upset. But I look back on it now and I did feel safe in saying what I was thinking. And that was what I was thinking. And so the backlash of even hate is part of the risk of being 
fully exposed. Mm, yeah. In yep. that, I think to my only credit, to, to my credit, the more that I've been able to do that and be exactly who I am instead of pretending that I'm something I'm not, like I had done for so long, the the chorus is, yeah, me too. And I needed somebody to say that. I needed, and so that's my thing. And um, when I, when, when, when you're speaking from a place of, um, as a lover of Jesus, do so with authenticity because none of us are perfect. And he knows that none of us are perfect. That's why he died and he loves us where we are. So pretending to be, um, wise or feigning it, whatever, it, it, it's not, it doesn't gain the masses. It, it gains resentment and humiliation and shame and anger just simply because, you know, I needed somebody, I needed somebody that would sit with me and go, I know what you did and I'm still here like he would have done instead of, well, I know what you did. And, you know, the scripture says that basically you'll burn in hell or, you know, it's, it, there's no genuineness in that. That's strictly judgment. And he just wasn't like that. That tone is so earth shattering to me. I know what you did. Mm -hmm. I know what you did. And I still love you. And that, and that's, that's the thing. Okay. So, all right. So I have to say, this is so interesting because I mean, I knew we were going to talk this morning. I didn't know exactly how this conversation was going to go. Um, but earlier today, previously in my day, um, I was reading Psalm 139, and it's it's just kind of uncanny. Um, I, and I just want to read these first couple of verses because I think it's speaking to what we're speaking about. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. I think that kind of sums up what we've just been talking about. Yeah, I, I um, have this thing I say on my blog, it's on my coffee mug, and so it's, you know, he wanders my halls, he searches my heart, and he stays. Yeah. He stays. He stays. And just like when our kids do something that we don't want them to do, are we abandoning them? No, we're staying, and we're guiding, and we're showing, and we're, we're loving on them. They're, they don't, they're, there is consequence to things that, you know, do not go well, but I, I think, I always think about, I guess, and I, and I have t talked a little bit about the woman of the well, and I had somebody stand up and say, yeah, and he said, go and sin no more. But no, he didn't. He said, I, you know, go and sin no more. But he wasn't like pointing a bony finger at her or being ugly. And it was such a gentle and genuine communication. And she was truly knew him. So I believe she was truly changed because she knew him. And then she went and got everybody she knew. Right, right. And again, it's context. It's context. Cause, and it goes back to even this Christianese in the language. You know, it's what's said, it's what's understood. And, you know, sometimes the, the breakdown is on the part of the listener. And go and sin no more. In that context, it's like, hey, you're free now. You don't have mm -hmm. to be bogged down by that anymore. So go and be free versus you better not screw up again. 
Well, and, you know, I always, I was recently in a conversation with that, and this woman was yelling at me, and she was like, he said, go and sin no more. And I was like, yeah, he didn't say it like that. And prior to that, he said, take the own, your own log out of your eye before you start digging in somebody else's. So who's going to go first, you or me? Which one of us is going to stop sinning first, you or me? Right. Right. And I think, it's, yeah. It's, it's, lofty but the things that were motivated by him out from underneath the law so we so and i i I compare it to this you know there's very few of us that and if you're one of the few that feel this way we encourage you to go find another podcast but you know i hope i don't kill anybody today thou shall not kill thou shall not kill thou shall not kill i'm not going to kill anybody today i'm not going to kill anybody today i'm not going to kill anybody today we don't think about that law that's not something how when's the last time you thought of that law because it's written on our hearts. Right. We we have compassion for humanity. So think about something that perhaps you're struggling with or your kids are struggling with. And um, like um, pornography, what is the benefit? Tell me the benefit outside of the physical. What do you feel like? What does that make you feel like? And instead of being so focused on don't look at porn, don't look at porn, don't look at porn, don't look at porn, it's more like, yeah, you know, that's not for me. And that's not for me. He has something else for me. And getting in the focus instead of stopping it, focusing on Jesus, which I fully believe was the issue with the woman at the well. She met him. And all of a sudden, some of the things just weren't for her anymore. Those didn't occur to her. It was easy for her not to do those things anymore. She met him, and he was written on her heart. So it wasn't, you can't do that anymore. It was, "Mm, that's not for me. I don't think... I think I'm different. And even the idea that you're different, that you're accepted no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're doing, he is not leaving you or forsaking you. Nothing can come between you and he. Then there is that place. And there's also the place of him knowing you and knowing what you are capable of in that one moment. Right. And I think you're, you're saying some really important things here. And um, I'm almost almost positive that some some people might misunderstand, again, depending on how we're listening in the context of what you just said. So I kind of want to circle back just for a minute because, you know, I I think, and again, I I myself have had to work through these things. So to say whether it's, you know, you can look at porn or this or that, it's like, all right, we we have this tendency to, to look at, I think John Eldridge calls it, you know, we turn the gospel into a sin management system rather mm-hmm. than good news. Yeah. And we turn yeah. it into, well, what can I, what can't I do and what can I get away with to maintain exactly. my salvation? And that's a very superficial, very superficial yeah. way to, to live our lives. That's not the abundant life that Jesus has for me. So when you talk about, well, you know, yeah, you can do this harmful destruction thing. You're, you're free to do it, right? Because, hey, you know, scripture says, I've laid before you blessings and curses. Mm-hmm. Choose, you know, life and death. Choose life. That would be a good choice, but it's still your choice. Um, we turn it into this letter of the law thing and this performance thing um, rather than, okay, what is, what's expedient? Not just what's permissible. You know, mm-hmm. all things are permissible. Not all things are expedient. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm staring uh, a little further down, um, Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol or hell, you are there. And that's what you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. if we, 
hey, if we got accepted into our top school or, you know, made the best cookies or got the blue ribbon, that's great, but he's no more there than when we have screwed up royally. He's okay. still there. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I love that you brought that up. Um, I think it's really, really important. And it's it's a scary, risky place to be, but it's risky enough that it's, it's worth the risk to talk about it because there is a deep truth there that will set us free if only we'd grasp it. Yes, there is. And it's freedom. You know, if he sets you free, you are free indeed. And um, I get enough letters and emails from people that are, you know, you've got to stop this. Um, you've got to stop preaching this total grace message because there'll be total chaos. People will go do whatever they want. And I'm like, look around. They are doing whatever they want. <laughs> I mean, th he's not in the business of controlling or condemning. And the, and I won't go back. That's, that's my one law that I will stand by. I'm not going back to where you are. I finally have a place of such peace when I have lived in such terror. And I mean, I had guilt for taking prescriptions. I had guilt for stuff I ate. I had guilt for not waking up on time. And, the, and you know, in one hand, I was doing all the things that people considered noble and good and perfect. And I knew the truth of who I was. So who better knew the truth of who I was? And he still opted to set me free. Right. And I won't, I won't go back. Right. And I, I think these are good things to wrestle through. And I, I think we each have to wrestle through them. And, you know, and I'm not here and I, and I don't think you're here to say, well, you know, truth is relative, blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's that there's that conversation going on. No, there, there is such a thing as truth. And that, you know, at least, you know, I, I'm here, you know, my little sphere of the podcasting world to to proclaim that. Um, and yet I can't make it true. I can't make anybody. I can't coerce anybody to believe it. I can lay out what 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 I see in the scripture is true, but in the end, each of us has to has to come to that place where it's true for us, not because I want it to be true for you or Jamie Amarin wants it to be true for you. We have to have that encounter because if we don't, we're just performing. We're we're living on the surface, and um, and you know that's that's our choice. We can we can do that if we want. But um, if we're really seeking truth and not just seeking ourselves, then then we have to reckon with these things. Yep, absolutely. So and, and I and I would I would empathize and sympathize with the fact that it's scary, and um, he knows that too. It's scary to let go of what you've known to be your your whole world, you know. Um, but he doesn't ever leave us. He doesn't ever leave us, and the proof of that is. You know, a year from now or two years from now, when you look back on something and you go, gosh, you didn't even leave me there. Right, right. And I really thought I had it sewn up. I really thought I knew what I was talking about. Right. And he didn't, he didn't leave me there. Right, right. And, you know, none of that is to say the way we live our lives don't matter. It, it does matter. It does. And But that, again, <laughs> it does not change the fact that God loves us. It doesn't change his holiness. It doesn't change anything. You know, even Jesus said, hey, I didn't come to abolish any of the law. I came to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't do it on your own. That's why you need me. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. So, Jamie, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought these things up. I just want to keep talking to you all day long, but pretty soon you got to get out of that closet. So, um, <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, you don't have to, but I don't. I just don't want to keep you there. Um, but and we didn't even really begin to talk about your book, but I want to at least uh, make a mention um, okay. of Sacred Ground, Sticky Floors. Um, I know it's available right now. Um, and you know, I, I, we talked about this before. I, I actually haven't had a chance to read it yet, but just based on your, uh, stolen Jesus book, I already want to give it two thumbs up, um, because you write from a, a real place and an accessible, engaging place. And I, and I think you have some important stuff to say. Oh, thank you. I read this book with my son and it's actually tons of stuff. It's just, um, my poor editor. She was probably like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad she was a mom. Because <laughs> it's not just for moms. And I actually have several people on my launch team that don't have children and that are like, no, this is for every woman, every woman. Because it's just the truth of who we are right. and, and how how he loves us. But um, I somebody asked me the other day to sum it up, and I said it's not a how-to book. It's a how-he book. And I asked to write it second because, and I said these words out loud, I just haven't gotten the parenting thing down just yet. And so I, I feel silly writing a parenting book. Mm. Luckily that didn't happen, but um, it is about a lot of the struggles that we had, have had and had it's um, adult children to babies, to all of those things and, and our, our role as daughter. And, and because a lot of the struggles that I've had as a mom um, centered around um, our middle son, Luke, um, he did read it before I turned it in so I could make sure that I didn't say anything that would hurt him. And he brought it back and said, oh, this is true. And you're, as long as you always tell the truth about me, I don't care. And so I asked him to write the afterward, and he did. And it will absolutely bring you to your knees. It is just precious. So I am quite proud of it. And I will send you the PDF when we hang up, and then I can send you a hard copy, too. Well, I am looking forward to reading it. And I have just so enjoyed this conversation. And I just want to thank you for giving me the slice of your time. Um, I know you're a busy lady, um, busy mom, busy author, busy speaker. So um, thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with us this morning. It was it was a delight. Like, like it's the mothership. So thank you for that. Right. Well, you, you know, the door is always open on the mothership for you. I'll, I'll give you the passcode. And yeah, you, know, you don't even need a passcode. Just walk right in anytime you want to take it for a spin. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, Jamie, take care. Right. So I got to tell you, it is hard to have a short, superficial conversation with this woman. And that's just the way I like it. Thanks so much to Jamie Amarin for being so generous with her time and her insights and for daring to take a risk to be real in a culture where reality is often so scripted. So if you like what you heard, you'll want to pick up a copy of Jamie's latest book. It's called Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. It's available wherever you get your books, but it'll be so much more fun to visit her at her website. You can pick it up there. And the website just happens to be called sacredgroundstickyfloors.com. Maybe one of us said something especially profound or encouraging that you'd like to share. It was probably Jamie. Um, but if that's the case, please share this podcast and be sure to visit me on theisleofmisfits.com for more of these honest, sometimes awkward, but always refreshing chats with amazing people. Oh, and if you're keeping score... I mentioned a while back about my next random giveaway of random awesomeness. We're still doing it, but here's some good news. We're extending it 
So if you share this podcast or any of our podcasts or blog posts and let me know by October 31st, you will be entered. So stay tuned, share away, and keep owning your beautiful awkward, loving those beautiful misfits in your life, and keeping your eyes open for the beauty and truth that's all around you.